Good morning and welcome to WSAU Feedback. I'm Meg Ellison. Woohoo! We made it to Friday. Thank God it's Friday. First Amendment Friday. It's First Amendment every day, frankly. We live in the United States of America. My guest this morning is Moms for Liberty activist extraordinaire, my friend, Scarlett Johnson. How are you, Scarlett? Hi, I'm really good. It's nice to hear from you. It's nice to be here. Yes, well, it's nice to hear from you, too. You you know, I guess no rest for the weary. I mean, you're a mom of like, I think, 15. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I know that you are constantly in motion. And we've, we've shared our tales of woe about not being able to sleep because there are so many things on our mind and including being a mom. I mean, that never goes away. But all, yes. all that we are doing to try to save this country. And I know you, yes. you, were ju- you just returned from the swamp itself. And let's talk yes. about that. What, what brought you to Washington, D.C.? Hi. I, well, I was in Washington, D.C. at a Safeguarding Parental Rights and Protecting Children from Gender Ideology Summit. Um, and I was able to ha- spend three days at the Heritage Foundation, which was awesome. Um, you know, the goal is to bring together thought leaders and activists and public interest groups, uh, legal groups, so that we could strategize on our messaging, our policy goals, and create actionable items. And I was there, obviously, with Moms for Liberty and uh, with Tiffany Justice, one of the co-founders, and a lot of great ladies that have been on the front lines all over this country. I was honored to be asked to be there to represent uh, parental interests and, you know, represent Wisconsin and Midwest and basically um, just there to voice what we, those of us who are the boots on the ground. Um, And I, I think it was a really good idea for Heritage to bring us in so that this wasn't just let's talk about things let's actually create strategies and uh, avenues and policies so that we can do something. I don't want to just talk about doing things. I want to do things. So I want to stop playing defense. I want to get on the offense. I want to start taking affirmative steps. Here in Wisconsin, I want us to start to attack, go to the belly of the beast, and start going after Wisconsin DPI. Wisconsin DPI is a cesspool of woke and we, I know we didn't win the governor's race, but we have control of the assembly. We have a big majority in the state Senate. There are things that we can do. We need to do them. We need to be proactive. We need to um, think differently, think out, you know, outside the box. How can we um, go head to head? How can we win this culture war? How can we fight for children? While I was there, I got to spend a lot of time with Chloe Cole, and I think most of your listeners will know who she is, an 18-year-old detransitioner who has become the voice of um, those children who were caught up in this gender cult, and she was able to escape. Uh, But her story, I'm telling you, Meg, when she told her story, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Um, When she was 11 years old, she was first exposed to gender ideology through online platforms. And if there's one thing that I could say to parents, this is what she said, and this is what I have been saying for a long time, get your kids off social media as much as possible especially when they're young. Don't buy your kids an iPhone when they turn nine. 
don't do it. Okay, get them a flip phone. Um, monitor their, the amount of time that they are spending on the computer and work with your schools because kids will have their computers that they use in school. Work with your school to try to make sure that there are um, safety measures that are blocking certain content. I've had to do that even in private schools. So that's, that's a takeaway. But this early exposure to LGBTQIA content, along with the fact that she was on the spectrum and diagnosed as autistic when she was seven, meant that, and she suffered for, with um, some anxiety and depression, meant she had several common comorbidities that are associated with gender, gender dysphoria. And, you know, Abigail Schreier has written a lot about that. So it didn't take long once she expressed in school some of this gender confusion, this biological sex confusion, before she was fast-tracked by 11 years old to be on um, puberty blockers and, you know, hormones. And so over that time, over the, those years when she was on those drugs, um, she, she will describe times where she, she felt good. She was on a whole bunch of testosterone and she felt, she felt good and she felt like, okay, uh, now I can finally like fit in with the boys because she was more of a tomboy. But that started to change as everyone started to go through puberty. And um, by the time she was 13 years old, there was already a ripple of negative side effects, weakening bone density. Um, she had developed allergies, urinary tract infections, and she found herself getting more and more depressed despite the fact that she was transitioning. She experienced a devastating sexual assault, and that kind of initiated her desire to remove her breasts. Now, think about this. What well, I, I can't imagine a therapist that agrees to this and doctors that agree to this and don't think, hey, wait a second. Maybe there's something else going on here. There's some underlying things that we should investigate. No, they fast track her. Green light. She goes through a double mastectomy at 15 years old where she had nipple grafts. She permanently removed her breasts. Oh, and then God. they severed her nerve endings. Um, she'll never have sensation again. And they did that because so, they imagined that they could um, rebuild her chest to look more like a male. Instead, I, I, I honestly uh, cannot believe that any doctor would be willing to do this. Don't they, don't they take the Hippocratic Oath seriously? There are. I actually oh. talked to several doctors at this summit who have said that there are doctors that refuse to do this, some very prestigious, that they've been fired from uh, prestigious institutions. And um, so many feel they're fearful of speaking out because they will get fired. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think there needs to be, build a consensus of medical professionals that just have to come together and say, we're not going to do this. But if that doesn't happen, then there needs to be lawsuits. And Chloe Cole is suing. Um, she is suing uh, the medical professionals and um, a whole host of people that allowed this to happen to her. You know, she will never look the same. She, um, she described the top layer of skin. It hasn't healed. All these years, three years later, she emits fluid constantly. She still has to wear non-adhesive uh, non bandages. It's so, it's so sad. And when she told us when she was 15, after having all of this done, gone through the whole medical thing, although she didn't have any bottom surgery, so thank God for that. 
Um, she looked in the mirror and said to herself, I am a monster. She's actually very kind about her parents, who she said her parents did resist. Um, she, they did resist, but they were told, they were told, she was in the room when they were told, would you rather have a live son or a dead daughter? They truly thought that she would kill herself. And she was so convinced that she was a boy that, that they felt helpless. They felt helpless. And if she was from California, in California, they would lose custody of her. If they didn't go along with this, they could take her away like they did poor, the, the very sad story of Abby Martinez, where they took her daughter away. And her, her daughter, did, she did fight it. Those parents did fight the transition. They took her daughter away, put her in foster care. And eventually her daughter threw herself in front of a train and committed suicide because of her depression. So I got to hear from this mom who it broke my heart, Meg. I, I mean, this, I could, we couldn't even eat after listening to these stories. When you hear a mom saying they killed my daughter, they had to pick pieces of her off a railroad track oh. after what this industry had done to her daughter. And to see Chloe Cole, and then to hear from January um, Little John, a mom who, uh, she was a medical professional in Tallahassee, Florida, whose 12-year-old one day got in the car and said, oh, mom, hey, we had a meeting today about my transition and I'm going to start using a boy's bathroom and you have different names. And she's like, hold up, wait a second, what just happened? And it took uh, several weeks of her contacting the school to finally get a meeting and realize there was a six page gender support plan where, and then she was able to, to FOIA and get emails. They had already planned her daughter's uh, transition and they weren't going to tell her. She's a medical professional. She was, she was volunteer of the year at that school. She was a parent that was constantly involved and this still happened to her. So she, she was able, she pulled her daughter out. Her daughter is now completely detransitioned in a private school, but January is, is now become a activist and a voice for parents who often feel ashamed to admit that they kind of got caught up in this and, um, or they're ashamed of their situation. Uh, there was a mom from Maine whose sixth grader was secretly given a chest binder by a social worker. A chest binder is basically a very tight garb that, go, that wraps around the breasts of a little girl to make so that she appears flat. It causes um, long-term use can cause permanent da tissue damage to the breasts and um, disfigure, disfigure the rib cage. Um, it can cause respiratory problems. I'm telling you, this is just so awful. You can't even believe this is happening in America, but it is. As if you're in denial about it, as you're in denial, they are building. Um, they are building more clinics. They are building more surgery centers. They are creating more curriculum. They are indoctrinating more social workers and therapists, and they are coming after your kids. And don't think, oh, my kid isn't on the spectrum or my, my kid seems happy. Well, I heard from another parent, happy, healthy, Christian kid, loving household, goes to middle school, is having nervous breakdowns and severe anxiety and panic attacks because her school is littered with celebrate, celebrate this sexuality or this identity. Um, and she's being told, why adopt 
the symbols that society gives you. You can create your own symbols. Why be a boring, heterosexual Christian girl? You could be so much more. And she was had so much anxiety. Her mom had, had to pull her out um, and, and homeschool her and find a different situation for her because she, her, she was, like, physically ill about going to school. And that's what they do. If your child is happy and healthy, they're going to try and make sure that they don't stay that way. Because as I was told by a preschool teacher, she can't even put up a picture of a traditional family because that is not equitable. Oh. And a cisgendered heterosexual family is not, no, is not the norm and it's not realistic. So no, you can't even put up a picture of a traditional family in a preschool classroom. This all goes back to the DPI. All of this, all roads lead to Wisconsin DPI. We need to do something. We need to contact, and I want everyone to call your state legislator. I want everyone to call your state senator. I want you to call, call, call and then call your congressman, because there are things that we can do. I've found there are things we can start to do at the federal level. Um, there's, there are bills being introduced. Just yesterday, a bill demanding that all curriculum is posted online. Marjorie Taylor Greene has a bill that would prohibit medical transition of underage kids. Um, been, we're going to be working on developing bills about a federal parental bill of rights. So we, we can't keep complaining. We have to do something. We need to start to, and I, I am going to start to really work. And if I have to go to Madison, uh, if I have to go every week, I will and sit and just talk to, to uh, assembly members and senators and say, here, this is real, this is happening. You have to help us, you have to do something, okay? We have got to find a way to make real change. And yes, we want school choice and education freedom, but we already have some existing statutes on the books that we could just, there are ways we could work with, with um, public interest law firms like Will, um, like ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom, there's the Child and Parental Rights Campaign. So there's, there, we're not alone. There's a ton of groups out there. There are a ton of really smart people. We just have to get together and coordinate and strategize the way the left does. We have to outthink them. And we can't because we, you know, these are our kids. This is our Western civil, this is a civilizational battle that we are engaged in. We have to win. Okay, we, we, we simply must. We are not anti-trans. We are pro-kids. Okay, so you're, you're on this amazing roll, but I'm looking at the clock. I want to tell our listeners, just for your information, Scarlett, I, I, I want to say it was just a few years ago, you were minding your own business being a mom, and now you mm -hmm. are a full-blown activist. And so she's an example of someone who is so passionate and so dedicated to to uh, the cause and, and, and to sharing this information with as many people as possible. If, if well, I mean, I can't say, because Scarlett, you are extraordinary, but if, if Scarlett can do it, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And that's what we have to do. We all have to roll up our sleeves and get involved. And I'll give you like less than a minute because we got to go to a news break. Well, uh, what I want to say is that the, the, these policies are driving a very dangerous wedge between children and their parents, and we need to send the message that parents are not the enemy and that children need to pre be protected and that as parents, our import and authority are important. 
we aren't asking for permission to parent our children. We are demanding that our rights are recognized and we reject the secrecy. We reject the, the lack of transparency and we demand, demand that, um, that, that we, that our values matter and that, that we're just, we're just here and we're not going anywhere. Amen. Scarlett Johnson. I don't know how you do it. Honestly, all that you uh, uncover and then have to actually see and talk about. I, I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd probably be in, in, a, in a nut house, uh, although they yeah. don't have those. I, I have to come back and start to talk to you about Trevor's space because okay. it's something I'm working on with, with the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, and it's really um, so it's another time. Okay. Parents well, need to be, know more about uh, Trevor's space. It'll be next week. So let's <laughs> let's just, we'll, we'll, you and I will chat off air later on today. So we'll, we'll set it up. But thank you so much, Scarlett. Try to have a nice weekend. Give yourself a little bit of a break. And thank you for oh, all I'll that. have a nice weekend with my kids. Good. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate it so much. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks. Bye. We'll talk again soon. Got to go to a break. And then we'll roll right into the 830 News, followed by the second half of feedback. And your call, 715-845-2155.